Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Soccer Rangers podcast, where we focus on convention, cosplay, and the lack of coffee that is in all of us right now. Hello, I am Robert. I am the Red Ranger. I'm in the Pink Ranger! Jesus Christ. <laughs> And joining me today was that. <laughs> we don't ever decide our calling order anymore, and I just, I just don't want to be left in the dust. You know, you do That's know, jo- uh, Rob now like kind of introduces us and gives us little cues of like, oh, this I is the one who is the token female, Cole. Am oh, I the token female? <laughs> Hi, I'm Cole. I'm the Green Ranger. The, that one you just Cole heard the, was the red was the Black Ranger, Tyler. Hey, is I'm Cole Tyler, the token Black female? And of course, the only one who actually does his job and listens for when he's properly set up to introduce himself. I'm John, I'm the Silver Ranger. <laughs> <laughs> I can totally see just to make t- Rob feel better, he's gonna shorten that gap. Or, or for better comic effect, bring that apart. <laughs> John, are it's you like, the token female? Not last time I checked, no. <laughs> you know, right, but the changes over time. Time. We gotta find out who the token female is. Yeah, sometimes it changes. <laughs> I, bet on, I bet on Cole, he has the nicest hair out of all of us. He uh, it is true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is an indisputable fact now. These Cole are is factors. Cole is our token Fabio. <laughs> <laughs> that is an old ass reference. <laughs> it fits though. People know who Fabio is. Nobody knows yeah, who I mean, Fabio is. If, if you is Google anymore. Fabio and you look at Cole's hair, you might go and confuse the two for a hot second. Mm, unless you're colorblind. <laughs> Just Cole's hair. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, last week we talked about Digikumo and then completely sidelined ourselves talking about D&D. But while we were recording that, big news happened. So of course we have to talk about it. And boy, was it massive. You see, I want to talk to you Both in money and news. Yes, yes. Let, Let me tell you a tale about... A company that owns many studios that have made some of the greatest games of all time. And a psychopath who could always get away with saying things like, it just works. Who's managed to sell the same game for going on a decade now. And has taken it to the next level by not just porting it to a new console and selling it to us again. For like the 13th time. new company. <laughs> yep. Todd Howard manages to go and sell Skyrim yet again to Microsoft for $7.6 billion. Sheesh. I thought it was 7.5. I thought it was 7.5. No, no. It's, it's a little bit over 7.5, rounding up on there, because there, let's be honest here, there's going to still be, uh, there's still going to be payout that happens even after the initial transaction is done on there. There's still going to be royalties and all that stuff. So, oh yeah, it's a freak ton of money. And 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 with that buyout, he, he I mean, the Microsoft gains full control of the Fallout series, 
the Elder Scrolls series. The let's see, the yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and now we can <laughs> <all> <laughs> the Dooms of the, the Doom that. series. That's, that's what, what else is the, what? What else are the flagships? Doom, uh, sorry. Yeah, Doom, those three. Wolfenstein, basically Rage. anything from id, anything that the guys who became Obsidian after Bethesda screwed them over in the first place and took the or took the uh, Fallout franchise from them. Uh, anything from the guys who now work at Obsidian who used to go and make the Elder Scrolls games before Bethesda went and cheated them out of the IP as well. Boy, I'm noticing a trend here. <laughs> Which means they're going to be all Microsoft exclusives. Surprisingly, no. <laughs> I don't believe it for one hot second. No, no, that dude. This this is kind of crazy here. So we we talked a few months ago when Xbox did their showcase for the Series X, and Microsoft is doing something very different, and I think shows on where they're moving as a company in terms of video game development and video game distribution, they're moving away from an exclusive platform model. We're going Yeah, there was very few uh, that uh, that expo that when we talked about it, there was like maybe two. I mean there there were quite a few games that were going to be for quote their platforms, but just looking at what happened with Halo in the last couple of years and them going not only away from Xbox exclusivity but even being open to going and selling on platforms like Steam and the Epic Game Store would have been considered impossible. Microsoft would never go and give up any sort of monetary share of that particular franchise. Now they're moving over that direction. The fact that they've allowed for games like Cuphead to go and come to consoles like the Switch never would have happened. The fact that they purchased Double Fine and have made it clear as terms of their purchase of the company that their titles will not be exclusive to Microsoft. They're building, yeah, they're Oops, building sorry. an ecosystem. They're trying to go and become a solid publisher, and especially with Project xCloud, where the intention is that eventually you'll be able to play your Xbox games anywhere, including on your Apple smartphone <laughs> The world is changing, and Microsoft, for once in a great long while, I think might actually be on the ball with this, and I feel really icky saying that. <laughs> the one thing that's interesting that I remember we the first when I first heard about this, and I heard it from other people, the first thing everybody said along the same lines of what you were just saying about the exclusivity, people were like, "Well, PC gamers are fucked." Yeah, this no. is what the first thing I everything was talking everyone I talked to about it said. Which you can't really blame them because there's been so many it's... deals where this has happened and games got bought up and then I mean look what happened to Rare with Microsoft. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, how... I definitely agree. Conquer's Bad Fur Day Two got lost to the oblivion. How, how are... Not to how... mention what happened with Crash Bandicoot uh, with uh, Banjo Kazooie. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, they they just recently like popped back up into existence, but you can't really blame people for being a little hesitant and scared. No kidding. Especially yeah. with next-gen consoles coming out, and everyone needs that one piece, that one little shiny little jewel on Coin. the on the crown. I mean, look at Demon mm. Souls. Demon Souls 
they first said it was going to be on like Steam and stuff, they pulled that back quickly. Because they want Demon Souls to be that flagship title for the PlayStation 5. Hmm. Because there was this uh, thing where this guy accidentally shot it out saying, oh, it's going to be available on... Uh, it's going to be on Steam and maybe Xbox, and that immediately got pulled within like maybe two hours. Do you guys think consoles Twitter. will ever be obsolete? Yes. No. I, eventually. I. This this is one of those yes but and not no for a situations. <laughs> it here's the thing. Depends um, on what you call a console. Yeah. Well, and that's I think more where the definition's changing. Tyler, I'm sure you've got something to say on this. Well, about which parts we've we've been talking there's yeah, a lot our, of things our, that just happened yeah our, <laughs> um what was i gonna say i had a couple things a couple things yeah. uh how cole said you you said how are pc gamers screwed why would you say well that's that's the first thing that people said that when in i talked context to them, that, that that in context being that with microsoft there's they, uh, with exclusivity in that being is that they were they were saying i was like well all these games are no, we're not going to be getting them on PC or for if not for a long time. Why would you say that? Because well, that's I personally don't think that okay. would, I didn't think that was true, but this is something that I heard and I kind of was a bit confused because of all the cost platform stuff that's been going on. Lately. Yeah, that's well, the thing. Will, but is is Microsoft has been doing that where they are pushing their like Xbox Game Pass, which is on PC and console, so they want more games to be on that I, they'd be screwed in the sense that the way how free people have been modding like Bethesda games I think that might be clamped down on because they'd now mm -hmm. be going through uh, Windows launchers and you wouldn't be able to do that as much but the fact that Microsoft is a PC company it would be weird they have always been very good at bringing their games the console games that they make to PC long before the other console companies ever kind of... That's like the thing, is like you could get Halo on PC, which was, to me, you either had PC games or you had console games, and all of a sudden, in like uh, a console game you could also get on PC was like kind of a weird new thing. Um, yeah, I will admit, I, I, the first time I ever played Halo was on the computer. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I have to argue a little bit on this one, Tyler, okay. just because this is something that's changed more in this console generation, and really just in the last five years. Yeah, the original Halo was ported to PC, but even then, it was not the definitive edition of Halo, and then Halo 2, 3, 4, and 5 weren't touched forever really mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's only really been because of the microsoft or it's only been because of the xbox one or xbone as i will continue to go and refer to it until the end of time because mm -hmm. god did they fuck themselves in the ass with that thing yeah that's hard because yeah. that's a big console i don't know how it would fit is that yeah. are we, is that what are we what are we calling the new playstation i'm gonna call it seto kaiba for the rest of this because of that photo I mean, that I saw. yeah you know what it's still just gonna be the ps5 because that's i can easy to say um, so, but it's a joke. If you if you reduce the math, if you do it longhand, it's pss, 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 pss. and you can summon a <laughs> kitty cat that way. So that's what I'm going to call it, just in case cats happen to walk up to me. Pss, 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 no, but I 
going back. Our to listeners it, though, did I, not see, can't see it because this is an audio medium, but the hand gesture that she did with that sound effect. <laughs> was like really, really well. Oh, I know how to get the kitty cats to get them scritches. <laughs> I've scooped a kitten in my day. But yeah, going back to the point, Microsoft, I think, has set themselves up really nicely for this console generation, though, because I think that because they went from the Xbox 360, which love or hate it, and you know, love or hate the way that Microsoft was operating as a game developer at the time, that was a consistent generation. That was a consistent period of production that we were yes. looking at. Yeah. With those particular her with that particular era. The Xbox One, they tried to come out of the gate really strong, but they never got over the backlash the gamers had with the the connect has to be, you know, connected to the machine the entire time. You can't go and do used games. All of the uh. stuff that they did before the platform ever launched and before you know, they never actually executed the stuff in the end, mostly because of backlash. It was too I think late. that ended up <laughs> Yeah, that that ended up going and getting Sony a lot of good press ultimately. Yeah, they won they won the seesaw for yeah. a while there. Would you well, say that is remember. the most comparable modern gaming event? Um or the gaming event that is most comparable to the console wars? Or it's more like a little console duel where, like, they keep the gloves on, but they're like, I challenge you to, yeah. anyway. Cause I still admit the funniest thing that I ever saw was the, was the, here, this is how we share our games with our friends. <laughs> that was probably the stupidest thing and the funniest what thing. Oh my it? god, no. Th- was it an ad? Oh, no, no. No. So, <laughs> this was the start of their E3 press conference, because two weeks before that, Microsoft had made the announcements that their next generation platform, still unnamed at that point was going to require the new version of the Kinect to be plugged in the entire time, and it was not going to go and allow for used game titles. It wasn't going to allow for friends to go and share or any of that stuff. It was actually very, like... I hate using that, but it it was very dogmatic in its approach with what they were telling people. This is the way that this console will be run. We honestly won the last console generation technically the wii sold better overall but microsoft far outperformed them when it came to software sales uh during the xbox 360 period and sony while it did recover a good deal during that period of time started off that generation with oh my god sony quit lying about what your console can go and do it's hard to go and develop for no developers really are interested in making stuff for you with on how big of an asshat you're going and being. You single-handedly drove up the price of video game, uh, or video games themselves going and having your $60 mantra. What was but, that? Like a 10% upgrade or something like that? It was something that, stupid like that. More than 10% on there. It was a full $10 price hike because 50 had been mm-hmm. the standard going back for almost a decade before that. And then suddenly, yeah, no, all of our in-house studio games are going to be $60. And then, you know, everybody copied it, but, you know, that's a whole nother thing. You know, they basically but, made that declaration because they thought they were worth it. And making the argument, it's because their console was so much more advanced than anybody else coming in that it was going to be worth that extra money because its graphical capability was so far above the other two, which technically was true, but we didn't really get to see it for almost half of that generation when people found out how to optimize the hardware enough and simplified the programming code to really utilize everything the PlayStation 3 was capable of. 
The PlayStation 3 was not a great period for them. And Microsoft gained a lot of market share, especially in international markets, though Japan being the exception for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, they they did really good that generation, and they squandered it the same way that Sony had with the PlayStation 2 to PlayStation 3 period. And they have completely restructured Xbox Game Studios. They're going more to games as a service. And that's why, to Amy's question, do I think that consoles will ever become, you know, a relic, dated, any of that? Yes, the way that they are now, but not going forward. I see games as a service, unfortunately, being the way that things are going to move forward. It allows for much better control. Eventually, everything will go streaming. I don't think there's going to be a lot of on-hardware titles, you know, 20 years from now, if there are any of them. And Microsoft's setting themselves up very well. They've got a great ecosystem of games. They're going and setting up a great service, as far as everything I can tell. Their Xbox Game Pass Ultimate looks to be the most complete thing that's out in the market right now. It's definitely far and away better than... EA's Origins platform, or EA Play as it's now being called. Uh, you play from Ubisoft, once again, not even close. And they're making sure the platform is open enough that, okay, you don't want to go and do the monthly fee? Hey, you can get our games pretty much anywhere. You can stream it with Project X Cloud. You can buy them on Steam. You can buy them in the Microsoft Store. You can go and get them on Xbox. And they're not just hard-locking you into the most expensive new console. Anything that's available on the Xbox Series X will also be available in 1080p on the Xbox Series S. Which I still have a lot of horrible things to say about their naming conventions, but... I do kind of wonder, this next generation, if Microsoft is going to not only earn back a lot of that supporter base that left after the Xbox 360 but also grow their actual hardware sales just because people still like going and having a physical console. And I think the Series S, once you get past that enthusiast race for the newest, greatest thing, I think at its price point is going to end up demolishing a lot of other options that are out there in the market. Wasn't there this something on that was on that I heard? I can't remember if anybody else saw this. But there was like a whole bunch of confusion or something like that about or or something about hardware. I'm okay. To about... I, uh, okay. I'm, I swear I'm gonna try not to. I honestly, I honestly don't know anything about it. Yeah, I'm. I'm, gonna I'm, try I'm really amazed, and... Rob, that you knew yeah. exactly what he was talking about from that description. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, you know the confusing this, thing this, about the hardware. About. Oh Rob my god! The every... confusing thing about the hardware. Let me tell you. <laughs> no. No. It, it's. It's. <laughs> Okay, so what you have to understand... Give us, give us, the, t- give us the, t- the TLDR. Give us the short... Okay, so this has been the worst pre-order week ever for the video game industry. Because in the last week, we have gone, as of the time of recording here, not the last week as of when this podcast comes out, but the last week as of time of recording, NVIDIA launches their uh, new 3080 series of graphics cards to much fanfare only to go and have bots buy up absolutely all of the stock on there, to the point where NVIDIA themselves are saying they don't actually believe there are any legitimate orders from the initial wave of pre-orders that came out. So, 
Bad move there. eBay's full of people going and pre-selling cards on there for up to 10 times what their value is. Follow that up with Sony announcing the date and time that you're going to be able to pre-order a PS5 and going and actually having the links open more than 12 hours ahead of when they're supposed to go on. Ooh. So stock was already bought up before it ever was supposed to open. And I then, saw that this morning. <laughs> yeah, and then Microsoft, just a couple of days ago, opens up pre-orders for the Series X and the Series S. But... That's the problem that I saw. <laughs> exactly. The problem is you also have the Xbox One X and the Xbox One... Uh, or the Xbox One S, which have been existing consoles that ended up actually going and outselling during the period of time the pre-orders were open because so many people were confused and Microsoft had links to the older generation consoles with a lot of their social media links to the pre-order <laughs> sites. Oh so the Xbox One X has actually increased its lifetime sales by 100% in the last several days because people bought it instead <laughs> of pre-ordering the Series X. Well, I'm assuming a lot of those have been canceled. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's all good. Microsoft actually has been very good about this with retailers that had issues with this. So they're obviously going and not penalizing anybody for the mistakes on this. And they're paying a lot of the transaction fees to the retailers who normally would go and hold on to a little bit of that uh, from the customers for going and making a wrongful purchase for something like this. So, the mm. Microsoft is being very good about this. Once again, I'm feeling really dirty going and complimenting Microsoft right now after years of mocking them. They've done something well, right, but their naming yeah. convention is so bad. People bought consoles that in some cases are five years old. <laughs> Come on, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of real... Um, on the same vein... There was the, um, let's jump across the pond really quick. Jump across the Something pond. Something from that Nintendo fucked up. <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, God. Yeah, just let uh, it go, man. Bring it out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the Mario 3 All-Stars mm -hmm. um, game that came out. Um, due to extremely bad communications between realtors and, I believe, suppliers, there was not enough product going to be released at, or something like these or something like this that all pre-orders were canceled uh, yeah, it took it took five it took almost five days for my uh stock of super mario to get to my store yeah i had an empty and that's spot for you i had an empty spot there for like days it was just sad yeah and i think and this is in the uk the uk just said fuck it i yeah. think they did it on purpose uh, no, this this was too That's big of a fuck up for That's not Nintendo's deal. Also, and that game is supposed to be and that game is supposed to be limited time edition, isn't it? Yeah, so they're only going to have the physical copies out until March next year, and then they're going to oh, stop. Oh, physical production. copies. Okay. Yeah, it'll still be available digitally. So, unfortunately, I know a lot of people have gone to this is a scarcity argument. Unfortunately, there's been a lot of internal memos that have leaked from Nintendo that are painting a very different picture on this one. It sounds like this was rather hastily thrown together. Originally, it sounds like these games were supposed to go and be independent releases on the eShop. 
-hmm. and Nintendo not really having a major presence with no E3, no big announcements, and then deciding to go and hold off on releasing any new big her uh, big title games with the success of things like Animal Crossing and some of the other ports that have come to the uh, uh, Switch this year. They decided and then it's like their anniversary. Of well, that's just it. It's the 35th anniversary of Mario. They decided they were going to go and move to releasing all three of these games together in a bundle. And yes, with the intention of going and having it with some exclusivity, which naturally creates a sense of scarcity on there. But there's enough cartridges printed to go and or to go and get to all the demand through. The problem is the communication with distributors in particular and shipping companies that have to handle logistics internationally fucked up so <laughs> bad. Like, GameStop right now apparently is suing Nintendo because of a guarantee of the number of units that they were supposed to be getting on there. And the fact that Nintendo did not release hardly any of the units to their local distributors to go and supply around or supply around the country. And in the case mm -hmm. of the UK, that one being a little bit different, for some reason, whatever importer they were going and using, because the UK in particular with the value-added tax is just a complete... It's a nightmare. Trash heap? But it, it, it's an absolute nightmare for anybody trying to go and release international content into that marketplace, and especially for uh, Japan and most Asian countries, the implied value-added systems on there when you're talking about shipment is so much higher than what it is for, say, a North American or other European country coming in. It makes things very difficult. It's why video game consoles, particularly the Japanese ones, cost generally about 30% more than their American counterparts would. Mm -hmm. It's a real mess on that side of things and whoever they were doing for distribution on that apparently did not go and cover that in the first place so you had a large shipments that were being seized or seized at customs they were not allowed to be released until value added taxes were paid by either the companies that were going and buying the stuff aka retailers or by the shippers themselves so there was a whole bunch of fuckery going on there yeah so yeah this has been a uh, very bad week for gamers <laughs> With every company yeah. fucking up. But yeah, so that I just wanted to bring that up because we are talking about interesting news on some of the biggest guys. Oh my god, and yeah. Nintendo and the the only person the only company that I can think of that I think Sony is the only one that hasn't had a huge blunder in the last week. Oh no, no, their pre order situation. <laughs> yes. Oh right. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. Them releasing the pre orders almost a whole day ahead of time on there. Was that... I thought that was Xbox. No! No, their one was just people not being able to go and figure out what the hell they were doing. The actual Xbox pre-order system went well, all things considered. It's just people's confusion okay. over the naming conventions and them linking, you know, to both current consoles as well as pre-orders for the new ones at the same time on social media. So, in other words, all three Titans fucked up. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, everybody has fucked up. And quite honestly, I mean, when you factor in NVIDIA with the 30 series launch and the pre-order situation going on there, and the most unforgivable sin of all, uh, AMD and their Radeon division going and officially announcing the new 6000 series graphic cards via a custom map on Fortnite. Huh. Yeah, there's... The fuck?! Oh, dude, no, seriously, look this up. 
Look oh, I will, but not right now. <laughs> it's not even. It's not even a surprise anymore. It's just no. It's no. Just what people do. No. It's just how people do it. Like yeah. No, it's. Oh my god, that was just the most shallow thing I've ever seen. So for anybody that missed it, it Nvidia is really going and pushing their real-time ray tracing. The 30 series seems to have finally gotten that gotten that right. Dynamic lighting in video games is going to be better and easier than ever. And they announced with the 30 series that Fortnite was going to be getting RTX support. So of course, what does AMD do? They go and make a custom created map just to go and showcase their new graphics card in the video game that NVIDIA is touting their new lighting engine system in. Hmm. Seems like a really <laughs> odd way of doing it. It's really shallow. It's just like, hey, hey, we're, we're here too. We haven't had yeah, a successful being... graphics card launch since we were taken over by AMD, but we're here. We're, we're in Fortnite. Watch me floss. <laughs> yeah. Iron Man's here, and so is that banana guy. If your game <laughs> fails, just turn it into a battle royale. Hey, look, Marshmallow's here too. <laughs> Man, if your game, if yeah, your game fails, just turn it into a battle royale, and you'll always win. You'll it's, get your money it's back. Fortnite. Take notes, Fortnite. Sega it's team. sad but true. Fortnite Take itself notes, is a team. platform, like social media, than it is a video game. It really uh -huh. is now. So jumping back to Bethesda. Yep. Might as well make it a full circle. Um, <laughs> Wait, hold on. We can come back to the start. Yeah, we yes. can actually make this a full circle. Oh my god! We've talked. We've talked about every other company. We might as well come right back to the start. I guess. Um, what does this mean for Bethesda? And, like it being bought up by Microsoft? Are we going to see more or less games from them? Because what what have they been doing lately? Like Microsoft has been a lot better with their acquisitions than they used to be, from what I can tell. Like, they're still technically independent, but they're technically now have an overlord. <laughs> well, it, like, here, here's what you gotta understand. So, what was really purchased was ZeniMax Media Inc. And that's the company that owns Bethesda Softworks. How much do they, do they just own Bethesda? Or do they own no. other something else? So, what ZeniMax owns, these are their big uh, company acquisitions, because they own id Software, which, you know, mm -hmm. uh, made Doom, Quake. You can argue the Rage series as well, even though most of that was handled by Avalanche, but that's a whole other story. Uh, Arcane Studios, who made uh, Dishonored and the recent Prey game, not to be confused with the really cool one from the Xbox, or from the Xbox 360 era. The cool one? Ugh. Yes. Ugh. Oh, come on, man. That that was at least a really fun concept on there. And, and the yeah. upcoming uh, Deathloop game. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you also have Machine Games, the developer of the Wolfenstein series. Technically, you could make an argument that's also id, but yeah, they only made the that, they, they only made the engine on there. It was technically developed outside, so okay, we're gonna let that one go. Uh, Tango GameWorks, the developer of one of John's favorite game franchises, The Evil Within, mm -hmm. and then obviously Bethesda Softworks, which includes Bethesda Game Studios, which currently the holders of the Elder Scrolls and Fallout series. 
Uh, and then mm -hmm. Zenimax Online Studios, which has the Elder Scrolls Online and a couple of other projects, which are largely Chinese-based. So, mm -hmm. uh, games that most people wouldn't be here, be aware of around here. So I'll just leave that kind of yeah. off to the side. And at the same time, also with with this acquisition, there was also at least two games that I have in my wheelhouse that I'm paying attention to. Mm -hmm. Somewhat did too. Is that they? I think they had more news about. Um, six Elder Scrolls Six, mm -hmm. um, as well as Fable. I think I got a little bit more information this week, but I can't remember. I, but that's I, a Microsoft thing. Yeah, as I well. can't. Say, I can't say so. I've seen anything on uh, or any new details on Fable uh, that have come out. I think. I think. That I, I maybe that had been last week, but who knows? Yeah. I can't remember. Um, but uh, but I know they released more info on about uh, ES Six. Yeah. This. This makes Which, me think about it, because, like, this is them buying a company that owns a bunch of other companies, and how much do you think Microsoft is even, like, it's, it's clearly people are worried, uh, which is, like, a pointless worry, because things happen anyways. Uh, people are worried, oh, no, they're going to tamper with my games, the games I love. Um, one thing I want to see is, how much do you think Microsoft is even going, they're just buying something to get a piece of the pie? Mm -hmm. So that they're gonna, I think they're gonna most likely keep these companies doing what they're doing because I feel like they're what they're doing is probably fine in that they are making some pretty high end games that are doing well and are selling well and aren't really flopping. So I think Microsoft is just getting them to own them to have a piece of the pie and not really mm -hmm. in it to push them. And yeah, make no, them I, I change. Think I think you're probably right on that. One of the big things that Microsoft made the point of with the announcement going on is that they're not planning on changing game distribution. They're not planning on changing exclusivity deals. They still want Bethesda and the rest of the companies that are under the Zenimax label. They want them to go and continue to go and produce the games that they already have under contract and more games for other platforms as well as their own. Mm -hmm. The big thing for them at this point with everything they said with their announcement is that the big change that will be happening is that a lot of the uh, games, particularly under the Bethesda title, but likely others down the road, are going to be moving over and becoming part of Xbox Game Pass Ultimate as well as going and being available via Project xCloud when it launches officially. So for them, I think it's once again about that games as a service, you know, Apple Arcade, yeah, it's weird thinking about Apple going and being a real contender in the video game market, but their primarily mobile platform, Apple Arcade, is already doing massive business just a little bit over a year into its launch and keeps attracting more and more high-profile game or game developers to go and make games for that platform, both exclusively as well as going and having them available as part of their service that have been traditionally available on PC, for example. That's a big I'll, deal, and that's the way that the market really seems to be thinking things are moving. You also go and see GeForce Now. You go and see the as-of-yet-unnamed streaming service that we're going to be seeing coming from EA. And, of course, Google's Stadia service, love or hate it. Mm -hmm. That's what everybody's chasing right now. And you want to have the most games that people want to play under your umbrella with that service you're paying for. Not just, oh, hey, these are the companies that I own buy my $60 game. I still think that that is going to remain a big part of the market for a long time. 
but as more and more people want to go and bundle in their deals and want to be able to go and play more games with a really well-established library, that's where you're going to have your edge. And love or hate the jankiness that comes along with a Fallout or Elder Scrolls game. Nobody's really going to argue the fact that Bethesda makes good money off of these things. Yeah. And in all honesty, a lot of people play those games because they enjoy the little bit of jank that comes yeah. with them. Oh yeah, no, it's a rite of passage for those. Like, Unless mm-hmm. you're Fallout 76, in which case it just feels like a cobbled together mess that they really promoted well. Mm-hmm. The one thing also I should probably mention, is, I'm sure you're aware of this, is that there's also more controversy going on with Apple right now. Just because that about how they're, t- they're the new way that they're trying to set up their their things like that. Like for example, when Stadia comes to goes through um, not th- goes through Apple Apple products, mm-hmm. they want an individual game page for every single thing, like a different file for every single thing. You can't get it through the app. You literally have to also it will redirect to a different app part on on the on the store. Yeah, that's kind of an interesting one, but at the same time, it's totally within... It's overcomplicated. It's overcomplicated, yes, but I'll be honest here. Is that really any different than just going and having your Windows homepage and going and having all your games linked there? I guess that's true. Don't get me wrong. I still prefer. Oh, I'm not complaining. I just find it interesting. Oh yeah, no. I just find it interesting that it's so they're making it so overly complicated. Well, for developers, I'm not going to argue that. But at the same time, I I don't know. I like to play devil's advocate with these kind of things because it's like, okay, that's a fair point. But at the same time, you're also talking about an ecosystem that doesn't really need those developers going and producing content for it. They're mm. wanting to go and focus people into their own ecosystem with the Apple Arcade. They're opening themselves up to going and having more content available from third parties. Does it make sense then to go and make it necessarily as easy as possible? Or just to go and have it as her as accessible for somebody looking for that particular content? Sometimes just having it accessible is just as good when you're talking about literally getting a 30% cut from everything sold from it. Mm-hmm. Which I will say yeah. is no different than Steam or really any of these other mega services that are out there. You know, Epic Games yeah, I guess you got a point the there. Like, <laughs> some people just don't give two shits unless they, unless they have access to it. Well, like, they have access to it, they don't care how difficult it is to get it. They just think that they can get it, they can set it up. Yeah. Done. Well, Pretty much. I, I, are you saying on the consumer side? Yeah, absolutely for consumer side. Because consumers don't have to worry themselves about how a thing is made just as long as they can get it. That is, yeah. a most yeah. majority of people of society do that. Availability. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Trump's accessibility. <laughs> so, I... But in any, but in any case. That's that, yeah, a very, very ingrained thing if that's what you're trying to bring up and fight. Oh, I'm not fighting it at all. I just wanted to bring it up because it's funny that a lot of people are bitching and complaining about that. Uh, yeah, no, I, I'll agree with that but, part. That part to me is hilarious. But then again, there's also people that are going and backing Fortnite and going and saying, oh yeah, they're totally within their rights to go and add a pay button inside of their game that they pay licensing rates to go and have <laughs> on this platform anyway. Hold on a second here. It's it's against the terms of service of the contract you signed. It's against the terms of service of the contract you signed. Renegotiate your deal. Don't go and set up a lawsuit that you're going to lose just to oh, be yeah. harder. Like I can definitely I like for me personally, I'm on the I 
I'm a, a, a bystander. I don't think I honestly don't care who wins or loses in that regard. Um, I think I think Fortnite's a stupid fucking game that that has that has gotten way too fucking big for its britches, just for the simple fact that it's that it took a concept that had, that had been existing for about a year, and then slapped it on top of a game that that, that failed, and then and then made it and then tried to make it better. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's all just kind of a mess. And if we're going and talking about the crazy news, you know, this is a little bit old here, but. Let us not forget that a few months ago, Sony bought a minority share in Epic Games. <laughs> oh, right. I forgot about that. <laughs> now, granted, it doesn't really get them anything other than just a piece of the pie and a little bit of influence when it comes to investors' meetings. But it's like, well, Sony seems to be going and trying to move in to go and get a hold of the Unreal Engine. <laughs> Yeah, Gatsta, Gatsta, get it. Mm -hmm. It's it's right now. It is definitely a, an assets war right now. We're seeing is just people oh, yeah. are just buying yeah. what they can. Uh, so do we all agree that the Bethesda acquisition? Well, I guess I guess it's essentially the Bethesda acquisition. It was a, it's a good idea. I I personally think. Oh yeah, no, Microsoft, brilliant move on their part. I never brilliant saw it coming. Hmm. And honestly, it just means that there's more money in for these games, mm -hmm. like Maybe more behind them. I mean, if they, I like more. Re sorry, let me rephrase that. More resources. more resources. Like it worked. I think it worked great for Rare. I think Rare is doing way better than they used to be. Well, they disappeared for ten for fifteen years before they came back. Yeah, so. and they got like a whole IP, and it's doing well, and they're still selling it. And like recently, in the last couple of months. That was an Xbox exclusive. Well, Windows exclusive. Uh, yeah. But it did come out to Steam eventually, which it's been out for a while, so that is a long time before it got to Steam. Uh, meant that if you're already on there playing, then... Boy, boy, were there some noobs out there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Where you could, you could just... You were like, oh, these guys aren't doing anything good here. What, what are they doing? Oh, they're probably doing this this thing that's really hard to do, and it's like their tactics. Nope, nope. They just sailed right into an island. Never mind. They're 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 not smart. We can we can. Are kill you talking them about easily. Sea of Thieves? Yes. I like how you don't say Sea of Thieves at all. You're just like. Oh, I'm talking yeah. about rare. Yeah, we know rare. Rare is Sea yeah, of Thieves. Say Sea of Thieves just came to. Mm -hmm. I did. Amy, you're not listening to me. Amy, I'm listening. I'm hurt. I'm hurt, Amy. <laughs> Well, shit. And, and Amy, that is the typical line that everybody says when they when they get that when they get that I, question directed at them. I'm listening. Yeah, no, I I gotta say, wow, big word. Anyway, yeah, no, I know I'm I, trying to come up with a quip, and it's just not happening for me today, guys. I'm so sorry. I know no, brain it, farts like this are rare. <laughs> oh wow. fuck you. Fuck I'm you. sorry wow. about this kind of fallout in my usual uh, quick wittedness. Mm -hmm. Oh my god. What can I throw? I sure it can will travel 1500 2000 miles. I'm pretty sure it will. No, it it's it's definitely interesting to go and see and I will go and say last year I was making a lot of jokes about when like Double Fine got purchased by Microsoft and you know uh, about I the that former, conversation. Yeah, about the former <laughs> company that was Double Fine Studios, one of my favorite developers that sadly will be closed down in the next year and a half, knowing on how Microsoft has been closing down a lot of the studios that they own. 
uh, for underperforming or not meeting expectations. It's like, it's been very interesting because that really was me playing off of still recent but not completely without reasoned uh, closures that had gone on. You know, uh, Lion's Head Studios, for example, that one mm -hmm. felt like a big surprise and a gut punch, but looking more when, into yeah. what happened with that studio and just on how it was floundering, it was just bleeding money all over the place. None of the games, with the exception of, you know, really the, or the Fable franchise, had made any money in such a long period of time. They bought it really cheap because the company was not really solvent in the first place. And, and it didn't help that Heroes was, was floundering as it was. Yeah, well, that's just it. And then, you know, you had Legends and all that. It's just... Yeah, well, I th I th yeah, he I thought it was he yeah, Heroes and Legends was two separate things, right? Yeah. So it's, it's kind of interesting. The more I've been looking at this, it's like Microsoft Game Studios really since 2000 and, uh, 2015 has been completely reworking all of the companies that were underneath their banner and focusing beyond just profitability, which was formerly their only focus on there. But now they're focusing on it more in terms of actual game development on there, not in terms of individual releases. Going over to that subscription platform model long term opens up a lot more possibilities as long as games are being released to a high quality standard. And if you look at on what's come out from these different companies, you know, uh, Ninja Theory, for example, not exactly the best publisher ever, but you go and look at some of what they put out in the last couple of years since the Microsoft acquisition, it's kind of crazy. Uh, Hellblade Swayna's Sacrifice was one of the most acclaimed games to go and come out in 2000 and, uh, or 2017, 2018 time period. And mm -hmm. that's really credited more with Microsoft going and approaching them and focusing on release a complete game. It's not about getting it out within a certain time period. It's not about going and hitting these sales numbers. It's about releasing a game that we can actually go and stand by and if nothing else, go and run off of the critical acclaim that will come with it and go and help to promote the rest of the brand as a whole. It's very interesting seeing on how Microsoft is changing the way that they work as a developer and as a publisher from where they were just a few years ago. I feel, once again, really dirty going and giving them compliments after years of making fun of these guys. Maybe that's it. This is, this is the uh, turning of the tide. Turning point. Uh, they were on top, and then they're on the bottom, and now they're slowly but surely making their way back up again with various choices. Um, I think uh, for a lot of the companies, and I, I don't know if you would agree with this, Tyler, that there was a point when they were refusing to adapt. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh. And so they floundered because of it, and now that they're actually like, okay, we need to actually start paying attention to what our fan base needs and what uh, the world it has now. It's not like they were refusing to adapt. Uh, if anything, like Xbox, they got or too arrogant. Slow to they did a thing that like Steam did uh, where they mm -hmm. had this always on thing where you could download games. What they were describing uh, in that last uh, fuha of their whole console that everyone says they screwed up, 
They were describing Steam. They just didn't mm-hmm. do it well. So it's something yeah, that yeah. people are already familiar with, and now they're trying to do it again. They are trying to do it again, where they're trying to make this online platform where everything's downloaded, but they're just taking it from a different approach. Uh, so it's not like they haven't been trying to adapt. They have been trying to adapt. They're not. They're not been trying to adapt. They're trying to get ahead of the curve, and yeah. they just presented it wrong. So it's. Right. They've been kicking themselves I, for how they presented something that actually people would very much enjoy using, and they just sold it wrong. Um, which actually is kind of a weird thing to say that hey, they were trying to trying to be progressive and do the right the right thing. Well, that's the right. That's the, do something that would make yeah. uh, video gaming uh, easier. More accessible. More accessible. That's the one I'm looking for. More accessible. Yeah. They were already trying to do, and it kind of bit them, and they've been trying to crawl back from that. Um, and they kind of are selling the same thing, but using different words. Yeah, it's interesting. Something I was reading about when all of this news came out. So this was something that I guess that Phil Spencer, who's no longer actually with Microsoft Game Studios at an executive level. He's now a producer. He was the corporate vice president of Microsoft Game Studios from 2014 to 2017, and apparently a lot of this has been more him spearheading this whole approach trying to go and right the ship. Yes. Because Microsoft did get very arrogant. Yes. And kind of to your point right there, Steam in a lot of respects has been arrogant in the way that they approach their stuff. The difference was Steam is something that a lot of people have just grown up with and for a long time was the easy way of going and having a safe and reasonable place to be able to go and buy games for the PC. It was the marketplace that Microsoft back then never gave us. Mm -hmm. It was very hard to go and find, especially lesser published titles that you could safely get a hold of on the web, you know, short of going and pirating, which once again, not very safe. But Steam did a great job of capturing that. Microsoft, their mistake was, for all of Steam's limitations and how they do their purchase protections and all that, Microsoft almost wagging their finger in their core audience's uh, face and going and saying, you will do this the way that we tell you to do it. Yeah. Instead of just, well, there are restrictions with the console and how we've designed all of this. It was the approach that hurt them, I think, more than anything. And yeah, they were definitely still focusing on that, okay, it's a $60 game. We're going to get every penny of that $60 game. They've definitely changed direction to games as a service now. And, God, it's Phil Spencer that apparently is to thank for it. Mr. I've got tattoos of Halo's release date all over my body. <laughs> he, it was definitely the thing, because that was the, it was before him, that was the talk when they were trying to make the Xbox not a console, but a TV service Mm -hmm. which was also the other half of that thing which was not perceived well they had so much stuff of like oh yeah you can go and watch football in this thing uh because i think they were trying to do the nintendo thing where nintendo was like we're not going to sell the gamers gamers are already going to buy this we're going to sell to everyone else um yeah but which definitely didn't work out in their favor yeah yeah (laughs) it did not it's like yeah, you can't really no. sell to everyone else. Yeah, that's another If you piss off your core audience and trying to going after everybody else, you're going to lose that core. 
Yeah, kind well, of. and the problem with yeah, the problem with Nintendo in particular was like the Wii. The gamers came. The gamers embraced it. Like it was the best-selling console of that generation. And a lot of people do love a lot of the specific titles. The problem was they didn't do anything to go and court AAA developers to go and make for their platform. As soon as they had that launch year where they went and put all their money into going and basically getting that launch period of games out there and just like, wow, people are really into this. They love it. Okay, let's just go and turn off the nozzle here. Just let the money come in. <laughs> That's what Nintendo did during the Wii period. Just talking about the drought of games. I remember John freaking out when No More Heroes 1 was coming out. It's just like, what, what, why, why are you freaking out about this game? Like, it's had next to no press. What, what is the big deal here? Turns out it's a freaking amazing game. No, make no mistake. But this is also coming out during a period of time where Game Informer and IGN, back when they still were worth something, were going and calling out Nintendo for not publishing any freaking games. It was just a shitty period. Mm -hmm. And then Microsoft kind of did the same thing with the Xbox One. Yeah. Because they put everything into the launch. They were really hyping up Titanfall. And then there was basically nothing. It's like, we're, we're going to have a Halo game eventually. Oh, here, here's the Master Chief collection. Have, have some Halo games to go and hold you over. We didn't totally piss off every developer out there with going and locking down games so that they couldn't go and get DLC monetization when, you know, we wouldn't allow them to go and sell their games to another company and then go and sell it to other people and then be able to get DLC out of them as well. Totally didn't piss off all the developers with that. Do you think the last... A lot of... A lot of Xbox's stuff uh, for the last couple of years has always been quantity of games do you think since they did that for the last three years of like games more games more games more games that led to them thinking why don't we just make as many games as possible and do that where it is like now we just have them all here for you in a nice neat bundle because uh, maybe i don't think they planned ahead enough to start doing video games as a service uh, what they're doing now i feel like this is only like i said last five years last five years that's where the de last that's where the development has come from i'd say the last three years of them seriously pushing it mm -hmm. but at least five years of development because you have to have your groundwork started before you can start moving in this direction so you think they've, they've had this planned since five years ago not necessarily with like the Bethesda purchase. I think that probably is a much more recent thing. Uh, no, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think. I think that's just them going. Okay, we've made a bunch of games. Let's see what other games we can acquire. And they're still at that no, stage. No, but Xbox game. Yeah, but Xbox Game Pass launched in late 2017. Oh yeah. So yeah, we're solidly into three years of that as a concept. But that was back when there was you know just 50 titles on there. Mm-hmm. And I think that was your experiment period. That was also around when they started going and pushing the E3. Let's just go and get a world exclusive, you know, world premiere, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. All of that. Yeah. Just, I think there was a two full. <laughs> yeah. I, I think there were two things going on there. Because I think you had Microsoft, in some respects, making an apology, quite honestly. Because they had been arrogant. They weren't going and showing off stuff. Their E3 presentations were like, 
And these are the five games that our studio is coming up with. And a whole bunch of EA stuff that you're just going to mock us for later. That was them just a couple of years ago. Then suddenly it says everything turned on its ear. These are our studios. These are other publishers that we're working with. Whether you play it here or somewhere else. These are the games we want you to be playing. It's a very different approach. It was much more humble in the way that they, you know, engage the audience. And it wasn't so preachy. Because mm. that's always been Microsoft's problem since they got into the video game industry. Mm -hmm. Like, from when Halo got introduced, and don't get me wrong, the original Halo was a masterpiece of a game for when it came out. But it completely changed the FPS market and moved it to console from PC. And that's what happens when your first thing is a masterpiece. You become that. You don't know... You you yeah. didn't you didn't do your lumps almost to a to a sense. You just were like yeah. we made a game where we didn't they didn't even, they have this console and everything and it was just a success. And they're like, I guess this is how it is. This sets my standards for everything. And yeah, well, especially since their follow up was so good. Because like if you look at like PS one to PS two on there, PlayStation one while it was a success on there was more on the backs of third party publishers really trying their hardest with a system that had more storage space so they could do more with it, make more with it. It was only really the PlayStation 2 that cemented Sony as being a top-end video game system that people wanted to go and A, develop for, number two, wanted to go and develop exclusively for. In the case of Microsoft, the first Xbox sold really well, did a good job, Halo became synonymous with FPS, the same way that Doom had the decade beforehand. And then to go and follow it up with the Xbox 360 with more games, more people, a good online system, something that the other companies had flirted with. You know, uh, Sega had tried that with the Dreamcast. You went and had online connectivity with the uh, GameCube that didn't really ever work. Uh, you had... Sony tried multiple times with the PS2 going and having network capabilities and online gaming. But still, the first Xbox with Xbox Live got into people's head. Having the ability to go and chat using just about any 3.5mm jacked headphone set was amazing on there. And then to follow it up with the Xbox 360 with better chat rooms, higher fidelity audio. People wanted to go and play on that platform. Because they had the games that you wanted. They designed everything the way they needed to. And it was giving people what they were asking for in the moment. So they went from one success to a huge hit. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, they flew way too close to the sun. And those wax wings melted really fucking fast. Yeah. So, yeah. It's like, it's one of those things where you look at what they have done and what it was. And you're like, well, I'm not surprised they did it. Because they wouldn't... Wouldn't know any better. But yeah. fuck, here we are, just a bunch of people sitting around talking about them not knowing any better. We're not, we're not, we're just a bunch of people on a podcast talking I, about shit. Hindsight's twenty twenty, bitches. Yeah. 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 What can yeah. you say? <laughs> Make no mistake, we're no geniuses. We're not pretending to be. No. Just, just looking at, their, just, looking at their faults behind it. It was like, oh yeah, that's where you screwed up. Of course. It's so obvious. It was, oh. Yeah. No. No. No, just... 
We just see what's on the surface level and the, and the small amount of information we can get from this from under that. Uh, we don't see the whole picture, so who knows? Yep. Well done, my friends. Anybody else got something to say? Because I feel like I talked way too fucking much again. No, that was good. Yeah, things no, we about. like that. There's a spider you in my room. You, talk, you didn't kill. talk anything on uh, more Hold on, podcasts. Amy has a spider in her room. We have to watch her kill it. No, we so. can end the podcast so I can kill it later. Kill it. I'll kill it. <laughs> okay, fine. Robert, take us out. Well then, my friends. Here we are again. It's the end of the podcast. Where we want to thank you for listening, as always. Make sure to go and support our friends over at KomoriCon and DigiKumo. Buy their merch. Sign up for the lip sync contest with Mama Samu. Hey, they're opening up panel discussions again. Still going to be going on for a few more days. If you got something you want to do, put it in. Give them your pitch. See what you can go and do. Uh, special thank you once again to this month's sponsor, uh, Amazon. Let me get sure I got it right. Amazon Music. And their new podcast feature. Gotta get that right. Thank you for not going and making another complete arbitrary app or anything like that. Just Amazon Music. Podcasts are now a function on there where you can go and find us, the Soccer Arrangers, and our podcast. You can also go and find us at all the other usual places. Spotify, uh, iTunes, Google Play, Podbean. We're just about everywhere short of dead platforms like Mixer. Oh, wait, that was another Microsoft mistake, wasn't it? Ah! <laughs> Knew we forgot one! <laughs> and it's also it's also a Fortnite mistake, Ninja. Woo! Anyway. No, he got paid out. Don't show you worry about that. Yeah, yeah I know. No, don't worry about Ninja. Yeah, he still fine. made a fucked up money out of that deal. Who am I kidding? P.S. P.S. Postscript. Uh, or post. P.P. Post podcast. Mixer was that. Mixer, from everything I heard, it actually had some really neat functions that you couldn't really get anywhere else and it was like a neat program that did stuff well just no one used it it, it just wasn't something that was designed to integrate with anything outside of the microsoft ecosystem yeah mm -hmm. that was the real problem twitch get it anywhere mixer a little harder a little harder anyway if you got something to go and say about this whole situation let us know your hopes your fears your Worries over the Elder Scrolls 6 and Microsoft going and handing it off to Obsidian. Oh my god, wouldn't that be amazing? Mm -hmm. That's no, called I'm a pipe dream, Robert. I know, I know. I'm still hoping for New Vegas 2. I want New <laughs> anyway. Vegas 2. Yeah, let, let us know. Yeah, let us know. Let us know if you want us to go and lobby Microsoft to have Obsidian make New Vegas 2 at Soccer Rangers Podcast at gmail.com. Like us on Instagram, Twitter, wherever. We're just about everywhere. Have a great night. Enjoy it. And congratulations, Microsoft, on going and getting a compliment out of me for the first time in like six years. You guys are something. Good night. Good night.